Hello, sailor. Welcome to the Semester at Sea Wavelength Podcast. My name is Patrick Fennell, Spring 2014 alum and member of the Young Alumni Council. Every episode on the podcast, we hear interviews, stories, and other audible creations from students, alumni, and or staff. This week, we are joined by the founders of Camp Fihavanana, former voyagers Jessica Jessica Razana Jacoto, Sophia Cannett, and Laura Patterson. While Sophie Cannett originally sailed on fall 2013, Jessica, Sophie, and Laura all met during the spring 2015 voyage. During their voyage, the three of them competed as a team for the Resolution Project Social Venture Challenge. Jessica recruited Laura and Sophie to support her vision for transforming the lives of the Malagasy youth a.k.a. the youth of Madagascar. And I learned something new today. The three of them are working to change the lives of the island's youth through sports and leadership development. Together, the three created Camp Fi Havanana, a summer camp program that would challenge traditional forms of education to equip students with the skills they need to become courageous leaders in their own communities. After winning seed funding and support, they launched the first Camp Fihavanana program in 2017. For the uninitiated, Semester at Sea is a biannual study abroad program taking place during the fall and spring semesters, where students get the opportunity to study abroad on a ship, and where the world becomes your classroom. Semester at Sea is hosted by ISE, the Institute for Shipboard Education, a nonprofit based out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Semester at Sea is made possible with support of listeners like you. Whether student, alumni, or neither, visit semesteratsea.org to get involved and find out more. You can also find Semester at Sea on any of your favorite social media platforms. Applications are currently open and accepted on a rolling basis. Donations are welcome and serve students the opportunity at experiences like you hear on this show. Now, today's show. This interview was conducted by Annie Rappaport member of the Faculty and Staff Council. Now, Annie, take it away. Well, welcome, welcome. Three welcomes for three amazing Semester at Sea alums that we get to talk to today at Semester at Sea Wavelengths podcast, Sophie, Laura, and Jessica. And with that, the way we like to start most of these episodes is having each of you introduce yourselves. Let's begin with Jessica. Hi, this is Jessica, and I was born here in Madagascar. We're currently in Muramaya right now, uh, and born and raised here, went to school in the U.S. when I was 14, and I now I'm back here in full-time. Hi, I'm Sophie Connett. I sailed in the fall of 2013, and then I also sailed in spring of 2015, which is where I met Laura and Jessica on the same voyage. I currently live in North Carolina in the Raleigh-Durham area, but am physically right now in Madagascar for Camp Havana. Hi, I'm Laura, and I also sailed on SP-15 with these two. I live in Louisville, Kentucky, and went there for undergrad, and I'm still living there. Moved to Arizona for two years in between, but and I'm currently in Moravanga at Hotel Base Anandana, where we host Kiyavanana for this is our fourth edition. 
so we did three three before the pandemic hit and then took a hiatus and this is our first camp back since covid ah yes I forgot about that. I was going to say, you started much earlier than four times. Like, oh, okay. Well, I'm so glad you've been able to bring it back because it's such a wonderful endeavor and you've been able to impact so many lives positively. So with that, since you all are currently in Madagascar doing something together because you met each other on a semester at Sea Voyage, I thought we could delve a little bit more into that. So could you all describe how you came up with and how you've been doing Camp Fia Vanana. Sure. I can kick us off with how we started. So we met on semester at sea, spring 2015. We were really lucky that semester that the program was partnering with a nonprofit called The Resolution Project. They provide seed funding and mentorship to social entrepreneurs who kind of compete in um, challenges that they offer. And so the entire semester... We were part of this sort of competition. It's funny how we all came together. It didn't feel like we had this strong idea from the start. It was very evolutionary. It really came down to Jessica, who wanted to create a better opportunities for people in Madagascar, especially young people. You can explain that better, but she pulled me and Laura in mm -hmm. for different reasons and different parts in our background that felt like we could maybe help. We competed. We ended up becoming one of the two winning teams for the semester. And so that really opened a lot of doors for us, provided deep funding to get us started, gave us two really incredible mentors that guided us along the way. And it was an incredible opportunity. We're really grateful to have been a part of that. Such a unique experience on top of the experiential learning that goes on with semester at sea to be able to do this sort of competition at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was really special how we got started. Uh, I think it all started when I shared about the education system here in Madagascar, how it lacks hands-on activities, hands-on learning. And the education here is mainly memory-based education. And so when I shared that with Sophie and Laura, uh, they said, well, we learned so many other skills at summer camps mm -hmm. in the U.S. They said they couldn't imagine their lives without attending summer camps growing up. That's where they learned decision-making, initiative-taking, communication skills, team building, teamwork, all of the skills, the, the 21st century skills that you these days actually need uh, to be the best version of themselves become the change makers in their community and just like for themselves and a person. I remember still asking them, like, where are we going to host camp? And they said, in Madagascar. So that was that was really beautiful how we um, formed our team together. I don't remember a lot from the first few like social or resolution project meetings. I remember going to them feeling like, I'm curious about this. I want to know what it's about, but I don't know if I'm ready for such a big commitment or interested in, because I was like, oh, if you win, you got to go for it. And I'm very competitive and I'm pretty good at winning. Things. And, and so I don't know, I was like really hesitant showing up and pretty hesitant even when Jessica started to loop me in. But we shared a love for the sport of lacrosse and I had just left, I had quit a division one team to after um, a pretty hard experience. I had a really tough coach. I had torn my ACL and tough in the way that's not good. 
there's the tough coaches that are good, but this was not the good kind. And what was Pencils of Promise? What's his name? Adam Brown. Um, he came to speak um, at University of Louisville right after I tore my ACL and was talking about Pencils of Promise and what he was a D1 athlete who got injured and went on the voyage. And I was like, oh, I don't have to stay here. There's so much more to my life than just being a like highly competitive athlete. And I tore my ACL in September, got surgery in October, quit the team in November, signed up for semester in C at, in December and left in January. Like it was just like, hmm. and I think meeting Jess was beautiful because we shared lacrosse, but I was also so, still so triggered by my experience. So I was pretty hesitant at first, but this woman has incredible charm. And I think saw something really cool about the way Sophie and I both continued to talk about the leadership development that we had experienced as young people and like really wasn't willing to take, willing to let go of the opportunity that she saw by the three of us working together. And I'm so grateful for that. I really am. Because you've done such beautiful things together. And I knew Sophie and Jessica more coming into this than you, Laura. So I love hearing more about your story. That's really neat. And I did not know that you shared so much in common with Adam Braun and that you would end up. So when we do this, I'll probably share the podcast with him because I think that'll mean a lot to him. I think he'll be like, oh, he'll be like, I'm so glad because sometimes he would come on voyages and talk to students to get people really excited about exactly what you're doing. These things that are resolution project oriented that are doing good in the world through entrepreneurial stuff. So that's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. And Pencils of Promise has been ridiculously successful too. Yeah. And it would be cool to learn from them. And we're in the process right now of really trying to figure out our funding model. We've okay. been relying on crowdfunding for too long and need a shift. Like the, we are still volunteering. We are not paying, our, pay, our staff are volunteers. We pay stipends as we can afford them, but I think organizations like Pencils of Promise and some other orgs that are doing the same work we're doing have funding from grants and funding from big donors, and there's a model behind it. And I think we're at the place where our foundation is laid. We know we have a good program and we can prove it. We just don't have the skills in fundraising quite yet. Like we each have our niche, but we don't have a fundraiser on our team. <laughs> And so now we are all stepping into that. I feel like it's like our focus is starting to shift because we have such a good team around us who can run an incredible camp program mm -hmm. that it's okay. Well, then what needs to happen so that this can sustain, if not grow? You have such a beautiful origin story for Camp Fiavanana. And for those listeners who do not know what Fiavanana means, could one of you share the meaning and the reason why you chose to name the camp? In Madagascar, Fiavanana is like Ubuntu on the ship, where community is the center, looking out for each other is the value behind it. Building that community, caring for one another, and checking on the people in the community, lifting each other up. And that's really what we want to see at camp. So that was the reason why we picked the word Fihavan for camp. I remember, again, it was probably in the middle of the night because I think a lot of our memories from Resolution Project work were at 1 a.m. But it was similar to what are we going to call this? And we were having a brainstorm and the Resolution Project did a good job of pushing you to make decisions about your organization or your project in a timely way. And I think we were just sitting around and you realized, I have the word. 
this is what we've been talking about. We've been talking about Fihavanana. And there's not much more to say. Yeah. It just sucks. It was just such a perfect name, concept. I think that's exactly where it cut out for us too. So we didn't say much more. Since 1963, Semester at Sea has given over 73,000 people from 1,700 academic institutions an unparalleled experience of visiting more than 60 different countries across six of the seven continents. Semester at Sea serves undergraduate, gap year, and graduate students. Furthermore, the Lifelong Learner Program allows non-students to experience, explore, and learn alongside students. If you or someone you know wishes to apply or donate to this world-shifting experience, please visit semesteratsea.org. Once again, that's semesteratsea.org for more information. When I was looking more about the camp and all the cool things you're doing with folks, there were certain things that really stuck out to me. And I'm wondering if they have connections to your shared experiences on Semester at Sea. I saw things like facilitation instead of teaching. I forgot what play was in comparison to, but play instead of, what is it? Play instead of competition. Oh, and then courage instead of dominance. And I just thought all of those, that whole list was so powerful. And I was wondering... What, if any of those values stemmed from what you were learning on Semester at Sea? I think rooted in Semester at Sea, but also rooted in a lot of the anti-oppression work. I think that we're root, like grounded in when it comes to Camp Chi and the idea that we are dismantling power dynamics that exist in the world around us because we're creating our own world when we're at summer camp. I think that's, and we get to choose what, we bring in with us from the outside world and which power dynamics we choose to engage with and which ones we try to dismantle. And so we're actually today talking more with our staff and sexism is starting to show up within our campers because it's day three and they're they're getting more comfortable with each other. And so their unconscious bias is starting to come out. They're not all being so polite anymore, which is important to authentic youth development. And now we have the opportunity to lean in and say, okay, sexism is something that exists in the context around us. And how do we, as the adults in this space, create a world where women and girls in our program and queer folks get to feel just as powerful? And how do we let the boys understand healthy masculinity and that they can, leadership is as much as being the one commanding the room as it is the one listening And so I think that's where a lot of this comes from, playing, not winning. We're looking at it now, facilitation, not teaching, storytelling, not lectures, celebration, not comparison, courage, not dominance. I think it's all of that is rooted in shifting power dynamics and creating a space where our campers are meeting each other as whole beings and not, and at least given a chance to remove uh, their biases or at least confront them. There's one kind of mantra I really remember from Semester at Sea, and it's try to be a traveler, not a tourist. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not an exact comparison to what we talk about at camp, but one thing, this key from Jessica, that we really focus on with our staff, this idea of co-powerment mm-hmm. instead of an empowerment, yeah. where it's not the facilitators who have all the answers. It's not and says like camp directors who know what to do all of the time. We really believe that like the best 
information and answers and solutions come from a collective and that our campers are just as insightful as our facilitators are. And so the idea of co-powerment is we're not pushing something onto others. We're working together to figure out a solution. And I feel like that sort of ties into that idea of being a traveler and not a tourist. We're not just dropping in and like doing our thing and like seeing what happens. It is a truly collaborative experience and we want everyone who's involved in Camp Havana, whether no matter if you're a camper, you're a staff member, you're a supporter from afar, we're all in this together and we're all bringing something unique to it that ends up benefiting others. So really incredible mix. I agree. I agree too. And I always like that, the uh, traveler, not a tourist. And that leads me into uh, something you said, Laura, and builds upon what you said, Sophie, the next question, which would be, could each of you share a time on your voyage? If you could share a time when you felt like your biases were confronted on a voyage and how you grew from that moment. I think for me, when I first joined Semester at Zia, I was thinking about the, the bigger entertainments. So for example, like going to Japan, I was like, oh, I want to see the Disneyland in Japan. But then one of the people who traveled with me said, well, Disneyland is not the culture of Japan. How about we learn more about the culture versus going to those world. It can be found in like different places. So really getting into learning the culture versus just visiting the big entertainment events. Mm-hmm. And so that w- that really inspired me to, like Sophie said, travel versus being a tourist. I own Ariel, my social inequalities professor. I don't know her name off the top of my head. I still follow them on, there was an incredible set of professors Mm -hmm. on our voyage that were deeply rooted in trying to help the traveler students. I don't remember how we identified (laughs) uh, voyagers reckon with our privileges. And I was already at a place where I had started learning some of that and some of the other leadership development I was doing in a different program and kind of with my classes at UofL. But I think being immersed in Semester at Sea with that culture, there was a women in colors group that was created. There were several call-ins for white voyagers to just reflect and think deeply about our positionality and how we showed up in countries because of that. And I think it was also a huge reckoning for my Americanness and my identity as a person from the United States. And thinking a lot about what a colonizing force the U.S. is and how imperialistic and how celebrated the U.S. is, despite the as a land of the free, when really it's absolutely not that. And that's a myth that's been told to people who grow up there. And I think really honoring the indigenous roots of North America and thinking about what it's like for me as a white person who was born in what we now call Maryland on stolen land. And I think all of that has, I, I could build my consciousness back to a moment on semester at sea, I feel like, where I was being called in by some of the teachers and some of my mentors on the ship to think harder. And some of my peers, honestly, they were really badass peers that were we were always sharing space with. And I felt so lucky to be around 
And I think for me, that's showing up and can't see. I can't remember the exact part of your original question, but my lens that I have now and the way that I that we show up as camp directors, I think is really influenced by, it was like on the ship experience mm-hmm. that I had being called into my um, unconscious bias and and privileges. I was actually thinking something similar about that shared space on the ship, mm-hmm. that the ship almost becomes its own destination on the semester. Like we become this little world and especially without, or with limited uh, internet and technology, like you're just forced to talk with people and get to know them. And so I feel like those relationships get really deep, really fast. Mm-hmm. And for me on my first voyage of semester at the, it was the most eye-opening experience, not so much for the external travel we did, even though that was incredible and I learned a lot from that, but for the people I met on the ship, because I grew up in the town I ended up going to college to, like my circle and network was very small and very contained to Nebraska. (laughs) And so going on semester at the was the first time I was in this mix of really diverse people with completely different backgrounds, different religions, different customs that they were a part of. And so being able to hear from themselves as we talk through our lives of reading dinner, and then also while we traveled together, being able to see what was really important to people. One of my really good friends was, he's deaf and ended up going to a school for the deaf in France. And I got to hear about that experience or other friends had different religious backgrounds than I did. And so being able to hear they went to different places in country or being able to go with them was such an eye-opening experience for me in a lot of ways. But similarly, the shared stories on the ship mm-hmm. are really what it stuck with me. I have incredible pictures and I've had incredible food around the world, but that ship shared space is so unique and really changed my lens of the world too. Understandably so. Were your a quick follow up question for you, Sophie? How, were there? Did you feel like that world created on the ship was similar the two times you sailed? I'm just curious. I think it. They both had different vibes. Mm-hmm. They and they both by the end of the voyage got to like similar places. But actually, one of the weird experiences I had going on our spring voyage, which was my second one. I was, I came into it really expecting what I had left mm-hmm. my previous voyage. Mm-hmm. Those deep connections were already made. People had their flow. They figured out how they liked to travel. Um, and so on my second one, I should have realized that, but I came in thinking like, ooh, I know what I like to do. I want to talk with people. I want to get to know them. And that just takes time. <laughs> and so I remember those first few weeks being lonely. Obviously got past that very quickly. Like we also had this cool project to work on, but... I think that happens semester by semester in different ways, but obviously it takes time to build relationships and get to know people like that, even though it is really fast on the ship. And did you all, on Spring 15, remind me, who is your deans? Who are your people? Do you remember? Um, Dean Bob. It's our executive dean. Um, Okay. I was trying to remember. And Mark. Our academic dean was Mark. Mark. Yep. Mark Thomas. He still does a lot of international stuff at Virginia. Oh, that's really cool, Sophie. And that's, it's just really neat to see. I think it says something, it speaks volumes about all three of you 
that you've put into practice and you've sustained your practice of the different values and lenses that you gained on semester at sea, some of which were probably things and values you came with to the ship, but also maybe were expanded upon on the ship. And the fact that you still have camp fee and it's still running and it's come back after the pandemic, I think it's, I just think it speaks a lot about all three of you. So good work. How can listeners who are primarily semester at sea community how, what would be the best way for them to connect with Camp Fee? Are you looking for people to connect with Camp Fee and in what ways and how can they do that? We would love for you to connect with us. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We're starting a TikTok this week. Oh, we are, our media team is cool to specialize our niches a little bit more as a team. So that's so sick. <laughs> we're starting TikTok. But we're mostly on Facebook and Instagram. We have a website, camp.org. You can sign up for our email newsletter that we're getting up and running. We're also currently fundraising. We have a GoFundMe open. It's just an open-ended. If you can help with camp, that's incredible. So we can give you the link. What We're at 11000 of our $15,000 goal. Mm-hmm. And that would cover all of our camp programs and then be able to pay the three of us back for some of the stuff that we invest in for camp. And so the GoFundMe would be awesome to have people um, head that way. Maybe we can put the link in the bio. Totally. Also, we love to have Semester at Sea alums on our staff. We've Mm -hmm. had several in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, This year is actually the first year we haven't had Semester at Sea alums with us, besides ourselves. But in the future, if anyone is ever interested in joining our staff or coming as a guest for part of camp, we would love to. It'll be our 10-year anniversary in 2025. Yeah. And we have just started putting out the idea of hosting a gala in Tana, the capital here. And it would be so cool to have alum be able to come in to our gala and meet a bunch of our staff and maybe some of our campers and travel and just get to, to help support what 10 years of us working together has turned into and the magic it has made. And for, <laughs> I was just in the back of my head, I keep thinking Sophie's first voyage, it's their 10 year reunion. 13. <laughs> I hope I can make that. I'm still figuring out if I can make that weekend work. Oh, is Sam really- in Austin or a different thing? The one in Austin. I know I can't make it. It looks awesome. I hope you can make it. I was wondering, so you all had your own things and challenges that you had to deal with when the pandemic hit. Something that's been on my mind is somebody who sailed only voyages that were before the pandemic with now students coming and sailing post-pandemic or while the world is readapting, readjusting. Are there things that you would like to say to future voyagers who may be sailing in the fall of 23 or spring of 24? Just bits of advice you have or things that you would like to pass on? I think... One thing for me is to really step out of... I was literally going to say that. Yeah. Because big things can happen when you step out of your comfort zone, I think. Beautiful things can happen when you step out of your comfort zone. Uh, And try new things because sometimes new things can also take you to beautiful results. Maybe starting something that would impact a community or the rest of the world. I think for me, it's, I think I I have kind of a similar history from Sophie of growing up in a pretty segregated community where I was around white people a lot, Um, especially in the sports that I played too. It was just like lacrosse has a very interesting and colonized history that I'd be happy to talk about another time, but shouldn't take time up on this podcast for. But I think for me, the advice of just surrounding yourself 
with as many different kinds of people as possible and being willing to go outside your comfort zone. I came out to myself on Semester at Sea. I think that was huge. I just let myself go to the LGBTQ club, even though I was still questioning. I just allowed, I gave myself permission. I didn't know anybody else on the ship from, and I uh, gave myself permission to explore things that were really scary for me, but maybe felt true to me. So I think that experience was huge. I didn't come out to everybody on the ship, but I did come out to myself and that changed my life. I would say just knowing, knowing how I worked within the pandemic, just constantly behind a screen and really by myself a lot. Being at camp right now has been the biggest gift. I think for me within the pandemic, I worked remotely. So many people, most people behind a screen a lot. And being in Madagascar right now has been just the biggest gift. This has been my bit like first big trip since COVID or COVID. And so being here and trying to be really present around other people and share our stories, share experiences has just been really touching in ways I wasn't expecting coming to camp this year, even though this happens every year. But I just, I forgot about it. And so I think Semester at Sea is really well suited to set up opportunities for that. But I think maybe a student coming out of a pandemic situation isn't used to looking for those opportunities. And so my advice would be, like they both said, really get out of your comfort zone, try and meet as many new people as you can, connect with them as deeply as you can, both on and off the ship. It's going to happen anyways. Like that's what Semester at Sea does, but I think you can jumpstart it on your own early. Is there anything else you all would like to share before we part ways just for now? Because I hope we get to stay in touch with you all. Well, is there anything else that's like really unique about camp that we want to share while we're here? We have this dream to have Camp Fiabanana turn into a year-round programming. So we dream about a center where we can host different curriculum, different projects, and we can have different people come and facilitate. So it's going to be located in an orchard here in Wurramanga, in where we want to build fields, uh, like basketball, soccer fields, and where cross, cross, <laughs> sorry, cross fields, and have different classrooms where we can facilitate different curriculums. Sex ed is something that we also want to add into our programming in a computer lab where our alumni, our campers can come and do some research. Unlike the first world countries where information are on our fingertips, it's harder to find information or do research here in Madagascar. So it would be nice to just have a space or in a place for people to come and do some research and just grow in learning and getting knowledge. And we are also thinking about having a, a theater department. So we have this big dream for a youth center facility where youth can have a safe space and grow as a person in where we can also mentor and coach them into what they want to do next in their lives. When we first dreamed up Camp B for the resolution projects, I remember talking about ultimately this is like creating a safe space for young people in Madagascar where maybe there isn't a place for them to go like after school before they go home maybe we can be this like buffer zone of you can still learn you can still have a lot of fun but it's not school and it's not 
home. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this facility idea is the second manifestation of that, where not only the week and a half that we're in Madagascar for Camp B, but year round, there is that like safe space that kids can go to and learn and have fun, meet mentors. Like Mm -hmm. it's a really big, not whole, but well, There's was, something like that here right now. Yeah, and I was thinking it would be cool for you just to talk about the original why. Because I think we've just been doing it for so long that we don't often, like, it just feels normal now to be dedicated to this mission. That I think it would be really cool for people who have not heard us before for you to talk about why it's so important for us to grow young leaders here and pour into them. So from the education that I've experienced and what I still see nowadays... In Muramanga, we start school at 7 a.m. and we go home at noon to have lunch and then go back to school at 2. And we're in class until 5 or 6. And mainly during class time, we record, we take notes about the lessons. Like there's not a lot of hands-on learning. And a lot of the students are being talked at in just receiving the information without really having them to think and decide what they want to do and they want to learn. And that is the the big why behind camp, because at camp, we also offer like choice time and they get to choose what they want to um, join um, at camp. And we also do sports and um, we do all of those like teamwork activities where um, it would never receive those kind of training or like skills, skill development if it wasn't for camp. I think we've talked a lot about honest and authentic leadership too and teaching our campers. It's been so cool even just at staff training, watching a lot of our staff cry through a reflective activity. It's just like in a way that we we set up a reflective activity that I have facilitated before and sometimes does bring up some emotions because you're thinking deeply about your life experiences. But I've heard from several of our staff, like, oh my God, I needed that. Like I've been holding those feelings in my body for so long. And the catharsis that then gives them access to more of their own power has been so beautiful. Um, And that's what we do for, for all young people that come to the program. That's amazing. You three really is. I'm so proud of you. And you're doing the dream. As somebody that worked in the home office for six years, you are what we hope for. You're why we work. Right? Like You're why we do what we do at Semester at Sea, why we work at a nonprofit and everything that comes with that. We work there for a mission and so that you can do what you're doing. And for someone with my vantage point, it, it really feels like you've built an experiential learning community in Madagascar. And that brings me such joy as an educator and as somebody who strongly believes that experiential education makes all the difference in a lot of people's lives. Thank you for what you do, for spreading all of that and continuing to do it. Now that's it for this episode. Special thank you to Annie Rappaport, Camp Fee Havanana, and to the ISE and SAS supporters around the world, and to those working in the home office. To any alumni, please reach out to the show. The content on this show is only possible with your help and your experiences. Once again, to apply, donate, or learn more, please visit semesteratsea.org. Semester at Sea podcast will be back with our next episode, January 3rd. 
And until next time, sailing off. <laughs>